I'm getting old, oh, oh. Just getting old. Just getting old. Just getting old. Welcome to another episode of This Is Getting Old. I am your host, John, and with me, I have my co-host. Clark. Clark, how are we doing on this lovely October Eve? It is a great day to be alive, and i got to be honest with you. I am super stoked for our topic. I know it's kind of an off-topic deal, but this is, you know, when we talk about Marvel, we talk about DC, we talk about things that you really know so much about. That's awesome. I love it. It's fun. I learn a lot. But it's not necessarily, you know, my wheelhouse. Movies, man, not, not, not really movies in general, but my personal top ten movies, I'm excited about it. I can't wait to talk about them. Yeah, um, to be fair, you're also not taking me out of my wheelhouse because this is my wheelhouse right here. Movies, uh, when I was in college, it was, hey, um, not class right now, so let me find something to do. Oh, let's go to the movie theater that's just down the street and uh, see something at 10 o'clock in the morning. Well, I guess my point is that taking you out of your wheelhouse, I just feel like I know more than usual <laughs> about myself, maybe. I don't know. I gotcha. Yeah, this is a this is actually a simple episode. We don't have to do a lot of research, and I'm kind of happy about that. Yeah, I've known my top ten for a long time, and it has, it it's I guess let me see, I, not to spoil anything because we're gonna go through these, but let me just look real quick. I did I do have some notes. Um, the most recent entry is a 2010 movie, just to kind of spoil where mine is going, um, and I think yeah that that's the most recent one so. I've known my top ten for eight years. Yeah, so nothing in the last eight years has cracked your top ten. That's actually kind of interesting. Guess what? We're getting old. This is oh. getting old. Yeah, that's when you're you're all curmudgeon-y and you're telling yourself, nothing's better than it used to be, dang it. Kids today. <laughs> well, just so the listeners know that are brand new to the show and they've never heard us before, why are you starting here? But... If that's the case, welcome. I would like to tell you right away, we start off uh, introducing ourselves. We do a little off-topic uh, discussion. Then we jump into our main topic at hand. Hopefully do a little bit of uh, information that the, cust- that the uh, listeners are providing for us. I'm kind of really excited to talk about what the listeners have given us today. We talk a little bit about what's been grinding our gears lately. We do a little bit of shout-outs, talk about the social medias, and... We wrap everything up. I like how you said you talk about the social medias. You're getting old. The the social medias, the Walmart, the Woolworth. The social medias, man. (laughs) There's more than one. Let us start the day off by simply talking about something we perhaps haven't really talked about before. I know recently we've been talking about, because let's let's stay within the month of October here. We talk about scary movies, we've been talking about scary subjects and everything like that. Um, per se, when it comes to scary movies, do you like to watch them in the dark? Do you like to watch them in, an, in a movie theater? Do you like to watch them by yourself? How, how exactly do you like your, what's the word I'm looking for? environment 
I was hoping you're going. I was hoping you're going, Doctor Seuss, with that. Um, you said, "In the dark, in a park, with Clark." Um, I don't know. That's why I thought you were going with it. But I got to be honest with you. I, if I'm watching them, I, they they've got to be. It's got to be in the dark. It's got to be the 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 mood has got to be set. And for example, I've only seen one scary movie by myself in a movie theater, and that was it. Just by myself. Paranormal Activity, the original oh. Paranormal, the, uh, the first one. Um, I, haven't, I honestly haven't seen, what do they have, like 10 now? I don't know. Um, but I saw that by myself, movie theater. It was like midday when I was working and living in um, Athens, um, Athens, Georgia. And, dude, it scared the crap out of me. And it was perfect. Um, looking back, I mean, I'm a little bit older now. That movie wasn't, wasn't really that scary. But... By myself, dark movie theater, no one around. Like, there's no one to bounce off of. Like, oh, ha, that was scary. You know, no one to see how they're reacting. Like, it's you and your thoughts alone. Um, so to me, it's got to be. I don't know. You've got to. You've got to set the mood. Also, it's got to be um, dark. You've got to be. If you're, you don't got to be by yourself. But you do have to get the mood set. The ambiance has to be perfect. How do you feel about it? Yeah. <sighs> See, I'm in a similar boat, but different at times. Because, for instance, like The Exorcist, I can't watch by myself. There's something about that movie that freaks me out to this day. And I'm 28 years old. Um, You also have the new Nightmare on Elm Street. uh, With Michael Bay as the producer. Uh... I waited till 1.30 in the morning to watch that. I was by myself. I turned all the lights off. I was pretty damn tired, you know. You know, scared of falling asleep with Freddy Krueger. Makes total sense. I hated that movie so much that it didn't make me happy to stay up all night to watch that movie. So... That's fair. I... The problem is... Sam is not... a big horror movie or scary movie person... I can't watch a scary movie with my mom because she overreacts to everything in the room. Like, she's that screaming person who screams in the movie Signs when you say the alien for the first time. No, that's me too, so I'm just kidding. (laughs) So, I'd like to say almost by myself in a dark, like, environment is perfect for that scenario, but sometimes it just hasn't worked out well. To be fair, horror movies aren't amazing as they once were so i mean maybe I would that's agree the that element completely. yeah yeah i don't know i guess we'll go with that okay sweet so ladies and gentlemen i am proud to present our top 10 favorite movies now did you rank yours clark did you actually rank yours Oh yeah, so when I my top ten are in order of the top ten. So the, the when I get to number one, um, that is the best movie of all time, hands down, no questions about it. Well then, Clark, would you be able to provide for me your ten through six of your favorite movies? Because let me just start. I need a disclaimer first. So if you're gonna if you're gonna rank anything. You really almost have to say what criteria you're going to use for ranking. Sure. So, for me, the question is, why is it worthy to be on my list, my top ten? 
Um, is it cinematography, acting, the writing, the storyline itself? Nope. It's simple for me. It's 100% subjective, and it's really just the movies I like the most. That's it. Okay. Now, I do have similarities in them. There are probably, there's larger-than-life characters in each one of mine. Um, and honestly, just they, they're memorable. Um, I enjoyed them the most, and they stuck with me the most, and that's it. Okay. So there's nothing, there's nothing concrete there. So I just, if I just liked it, it just is what it is. You know, <laughs> I can't really point to, oh my gosh, this director did this. And anyway, okay. So with that being said, let's kick this off. My number ten, and I, I just feel like you're gonna be. I'm gonna. I can't wait to see your reactions for some of these because I feel like you're, you're gonna look at me like, what an idiot. Number ten, swordfish. Okay, I like swordfish. Do you like sword? Okay, so 2001, um, I was a junior in high school. Um, that has John Travolta, Halle Berry, uh, uh, Hugh Jackman, uh, Don Cheadle. Did I say his name? Cheadle? Yeah, Cheadle. Um, director is uh, was uh, Dominic Cena. Is it Cena? Cena? I'm not familiar with that name, no. Well, okay, it's S-E-N-A, I believe, and he also directed Gone in 60 Seconds, so it's kind of a throwback to our Nicolas Cage episode. Yeah, okay. In a way. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, okay, so... Um, I have the, a question for you. Is, okay. Do you just like that movie because you get to see Halle Berry's... T- Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. No, no. You know, mom's listening to this, so no. Heck no. Um... <laughs> You can see our Facebook comments. You, I can see how much of my family is now listening. So, um, no. Gosh, no. Um, okay, so let me just get into it real quick. So, I'm going to go with the, the IMDB um, synopsis of each, of each movie. Usually it's like a, quick par- like a quick paragraph. So, if you've never seen Swordfish, um, John Travolta is a larger-than-life character. Um, he is, his name is Gabriel Shear. Um, and he's a covert counter-terrorist um, guy, basically. Um, and he wants money to help finance a war against terrorism. Um, but it's all locked away. And so what he does is he convinces hacker Stanley Jobson, who is uh, Hugh Jackman, um, to help him. That's pretty quick. And I don't know if you remember this one, but the opening scene is brilliant, right? Oh, oh yeah. Do you remember it? Oh yeah, it's it's kind of cool because it's one of those kind of style of movies that jumps into the movie and starts playing immediately, and you're just like, "Oh, crazy! Did I just miss something? Did like did I like jump into the movie theater at the wrong time?" And then all of a sudden, then the movie starts, and I'm like, "Oh, that was so cool!" Yeah, like literally, like when it starts, it you know you you miss the first few minutes, you've missed a pretty cool scene. I mean, it's it literally explodes. There's like the explosion with ball bearings going everywhere and bouncing around a little bit of a as it ex- things explode like it's a slow motion shot of what's happening and kind of does a 360 spin um, around the scene pretty fun pretty cool um, yeah I thought that was pretty cool so Travolta's a badass in the entire movie and I know people are I mean it's kind of a you either like him or you hate him um, he definitely has had too much uh, plastic surgery I mean that we all can agree with that um but a little bit of machismo exists in this movie. I mean, there's there's 
I mean, it's a it's an adrenaline rush. Um, you know, you he's a badass. He's really cool, and um, basically, he's a larger life character. He's a hero at one moment, and then he's like, you feel like he's the enemy at the next. Um, pretty good acting by Hugh Jackman, which I don't usually say because he's usually the same character in every movie. Um, but he does a really good job. Um, it brings up the ethical dilemma of how many lives would you sacrifice to save more, right? So it's kind of like that um, scenario where it's kind of fun to think about these. Well, not fun. It's kind of weird to think about these things. But like an unstoppable runaway train is heading towards like your mom. You can push a button and it can you can change its track. You can't slow it down or stop it. If you push the button to save your mom, you kill ten kids. Right, so do you push the button or do you let it kill your mom? You know, it's it's one of those. It's yeah. like, okay, what's wrong and right? And Hugh Jackman's character it just philosophically disagrees with um, John Travolta's character, but they got to work together. So anyway, it's a it's a fun movie, and I probably said way too much about the movie, but I really like it, and I'm excited about it. Um, so that's that's number ten. Any questions? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, number nine. The Matrix. The original The Matrix. The first the first Matrix movie. Um, you know, I am I will always argue you gotta finish it, you gotta get to the end, but the first one, um, is the one I'm talking about. Keanu Reeves, Lar- Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss, and Hugo Weaving. Um, the Wachowski brothers directed the movie and wrote the movie. Um, I guess now you can call them the sisters. I don't know we won't get into that this episode, but um, anyway, <laughs> uh, they literally were guys, and they changed the girls, and the names changed. Anyway, it's a whole different thing. Um, At w- weird different times in their lives, too. Correct, correct. Um, so basically, uh, a computer hacker learns from mysterious rebels about the true nature of his reality and his role in the war against its controllers. One sentence. Isn't that cool? You can do the whole thing in one sentence. Um, so to me... The Matrix was revolutionary, like, not just, like, the badass, like, kung fu and, and martial arts that are exhibited by Morpheus and, and Keanu Reeves. And that's funny I'll say Morpheus and Keanu Reeves. I should say the both characters, Neo and um, Morpheus. Um, and it's just, man, it was, like, mind-blowing. As a, as a kid, like, in 1999, um, I just thought it was not only badass, but it was just really cool. And that's one of those movies where... You have a chosen one, right? Those don't usually don't usually work as as well anymore. Like if if you're sitting down and writing a novel right now, you may not be choosing like a chosen one because that's like oh my gosh, well who is it? Harry Potter? You know what I mean? Like it's a it's not quite as good of a um, as a, a trope as it as it maybe used to have been. It's a similar flaw with the Star Wars movies. Everyone has a destiny. Everyone is somehow a chosen one in some way or another. That's one flaw is they can't seem to get away from that shtick. I agree. Yeah, sure. I, and, then, and, and the most important movie of our lifetime, there's a chosen one, and that, of course, is Kung Fu Panda. Um, uh, anyway, sorry. Okay, so that, that's pretty... I turned off my mic just not to laugh at that. <laughs> I think your laugh would have been cool. It needs to hear you. Okay, anyway. Number eight. Are you excited about my number eight? Here it comes. Donnie Darko. Have you seen Donnie Darko? That movie's, that movie's screwed up. I haven't seen that in years. Well, okay, so you got Jake Gyllenhaal, Jenna Malone, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Drew Barrymore, Patrick Swayze is in that is in the movie. 
um, Noah Weil, and you actually have a small role by Seth Rogen and Ashley Tisdale. Um, so, God, that's old. Yeah, right. It just that dates it so badly. Two thousand and one, right? So. Well, you are also talking about an actor and Patrick Swayze. You know, R.I.P. Yeah, rest in peace, died, bro. What five years ago? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. It was definitely in the last decade. Um, but anyway, so a troubled teenager is plagued by visions of a man in a large rabbit suit who manipulates him to commit a series of crimes after he narrowly escapes a bizarre accident. That's the IMDb um, synopsis, but I would really rather read the uh, fan synopsis that I found. A troubled teenager, Donnie Darko, escapes death when a jet engine crashes in his bedroom because he follows a giant bunny leading him outside. The bunny, called Frank, tells him that the world will end in 28 days. As the final date comes closer and closer, Donnie is drawn into an alarming series of events that may or may not be a product of growing insanity. Does that sound better than that first one by IMDb? Yeah. yeah it gives you more of an idea of what you're walking into. Okay, so for this one, you're looking at the 1980s. Um, it centers around the presidential election of the 1980s. Um, and in a way... The whole there's a you know you hear there's 80s music um, I think the Killing Moon is the first song that's played as he's riding as Donnie Darko's riding his bike from he sleep he sleepwalked or something up up a mountain and I, or sleep road right so he has his bike and then he's like okay I'm awake and then he drives driving back home um, and then basically it gets kind of crazy it's a lot of time travel he's slowly losing his mind it seems like um, but he's a kid in high school um, and it's just it's super crazy, but to understand it, you you got to not... You finish the movie, and at the end, you're like, what? You almost have to go and read... Go to the internet and Google um, The Philosophy of Time Travel, which is written by Roberto Sparrow. Roberto Sparrow. If you just Google that, it explains the whole movie, and you understand it. It's like the key. Um, but anyway, it's both creepy and beautiful at the same time to me, and as it, as it progresses, Donnie seems to be going mad... Um, so he's like more insane each moment. Um, but again, there's this underlying feeling of like, I don't know what's going on, but you see, it seems like he has the answers because there's times where you're confused where the character is just like giggling. Um, is he going mad or does he just know something we don't know? Um, anyway, again, 2001, so that would have been, um, I'd have been between senior year of high school and junior year. So it was just a, a creepy but beautiful, weird movie to me. Okay. All right, so moving right along, number seven, Troy. I like Troy. You know, I'm not going to deny that. That's that's a good movie. And so it makes it's 2004, so it's a few years beyond the last few that I've I've named. That you know that puts um, Brad Pitt, Eric Bana, Orlando Bloom, um, Brendan Gleeson, uh, Diane Kruger. Peter O'Toole, Sean Bean, who is Ned Stark in the Game of Thrones. Um, and he doesn't die in that movie. Because doesn't he play Odysseus? He does, he does. And he, so he plays he plays yeah. like almost almost like the best character, but he's only he's only like an, a side character in this. Um, yeah, it's weird. Out of like the main... Because, I mean, with stories like Troy, like historically and everything like that, there's always heroes there's huge characters Odysseus is an incredibly known character because of the Odyssey and the Iliad 
and it's crazy to think that he is just a side character thrown away almost. All right, I mean, like, but but what he does is this: it's if you go back and watch it, I don't know if you remember, but he is the one who, um, you know, Brad Pitt's character goes to, um, and that's he's he's Achilles. Um, he goes to for advice. So you know, your mm-hmm. main character who who is kind of like a um, a demigod in a way. Um, I guess I guess that's what you'd say. Um, he you know, with the help of Achilles, basically in the movie, the Greeks like fight against the Trojans um, who've never fallen before, who have really high walls. Um, and then of course they, they come, they come to, to blows against um, Hector, who is the prince of Troy and his army. Um, the movie basically, again, like shows the struggles between um, struggles of uh, Homer's Iliad, right? Um, it's, it's kind of a foreshadowing of, of the fate. Um, so anyway, so, uh, Great movie to me. Again, it was 2004, so it was right after high school for me. Um, you know, I just really, really liked it. There's not, again, there's there's not a whole lot of, like, why did you like the cinematography, the acting? I don't know. I have no idea. I liked it a whole lot. Yeah, I think the only flaw for this movie for me was I didn't like Orlando Bloom not too long after this because of, I liked Pirates of the Caribbean, but I hated the sequels. And kind of just overseeing him sucked but this was a nice spot for me for eric banna because i actually saw the hulk movie and i hated it so this kind of brought me back into favor with him a little bit so, i think most people would, wouldn't even remember that hulk movie uh, i will always remember it because i watched it in theaters and thought to myself why are they doing this i mean right wasn't there like a year different <laughs> where um like wasn't uh edward norton um no, that that was a couple years later. Okay, it seems in my mind it seems really close together. I don't, I don't know. Uh, the Ed Norton one wasn't until two thousand and eight, I think. Whereas the Hulk, I think, was two thousand two. Okay, in my mind they're close. Wrong, I don't know. I think that's right. Well, when did the? Because that came out. Go ahead. Oh no, it came out right, not long after the success of the Spider-Man movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, I mean. In my mind, it was similar because then you have you have like our current Marvel lineup, you know, and you have a different Hulk. So, um, but it seems like to me, it seems like in a decade period, you had three different Hulks. You did, yeah. And it's weird because you had you brought in Edward Norton, who, let's be fair, he likes to control the situation around. Sure, him. sure. And when you know Marvel didn't want to go his way, they had a plan, so they got rid of him and brought in Mark Ruffalo, who is awesome. At the Hulk. He's, oh, yeah, he's great. Okay, so let's move right along. Um, and so this is my last one before we go through your 10 to, through 6. And so this one is going to people, this one is going to be very polarizing for people. I guarantee it. People hated it or they loved it. Um, number 6 is Contact for me. Have you seen Contact? I've heard of it. But why am I not thinking of it in my head right now? 1997, you have Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey. Um, the director is Robert Zemeckis. Zemeckis, 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 how do you say that? Um, yeah, was Zeme- I think it's Zemeckis. I mean, you know, yeah. Polar Express, Beowulf, Back to the Future, Forrest Gump, Castaway. You know, that guy. Um, yeah. So, the quick synopsis is, um, Contact is a story of a free-thinking radio astronomer who discovers an intelligent signal broadcast from deep space. Uh, she and her fellow scientists are able to decipher the message 
and discover detailed instructions for building a mysterious machine. Will the machine spell the end of our world or, or the end of our superstitions? Um, will we take our place among the races of the galaxy or are we just an upstart species with a long way to go? Um, well, con- congratulations, I finally don't know one of your movies. <laughs> you've never seen Contact? Well, it's a, lo- it's no, a long I've movie. I think it, I believe, I don't have that in front of me, but I believe it's over two hours and there are a lot of <coughs> character building scenes. So um, it's kind of slow in parts, but it builds up to this beautiful, beautiful scene. I, I guess, I mean, are we, are we just, are we do- spoilers are fine, right? Um, unless you want people to see it. No, go see it. I want you to see it. I say go see it. You can probably like look like go to YouTube and see the whole movie. I don't know, um, uh, which I don't condone. Buy it. Spend your money on it. Um, but it's like a the ending is so you're, you're wondering um, what's the, what this machine is. This machine was built. It's very very mysterious. Why and how um, a billionaire finances it? But I think he he shortly dies after that. Maybe. I uh, could be wrong. Someone correct me on Facebook or or whatever if you if I'm wrong. Um, but it's really cool. It's a it's there's a battle between like faith and science. Um, there's a slow again a slow burn that builds up to this inevitable trip. Um, but the question is, did she go through space or did she did she not? Did, did a wormhole open up? Maybe maybe not. You have to tell you have to decide that for yourself at the end. So that's it, man. That's my that's my ten through through six, and now I'm excited to hear yours. Okay, well, let me just start by saying it took me till this afternoon to fully decide my top ten because I was putting stuff in and taking it out, and I'm very picky with my movies on ranking because there's so many movies I can just go back and watch. Like for instance, I took out of my top ten. The movie, um, oh, what's it called? Army of Darkness. I love Army of Darkness, but I decided not to put kind of like a, a comedy in my top ten. I wanted an actual movie that I will sit down and watch and appreciate. Yeah, kind of a behind the scenes for our listeners. I was getting messages from you as far as like what four p.m. today. Like, okay, I got two more. I'm on my last two. So. My rank might not be 100% tight, but honestly, I'm going to go with what I, the way I wrote it in that order. So we'll just go from there. Sounds good. Alright, so to start, I'm going to talk about Pulp Fiction. Now, I'm not going to go into depth like Clark did. Whatever, man! Because I'm not the research guy, nerd. Really? Okay, that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> but no, for real, like, Pulp Fiction was... It wasn't the first Quentin Tarantino movie I ever saw. But it was one of those movies that made me appreciate why he did all the other movies the way he did. Why everything was out of order, why everything made sense and brought the other actors together in a weird, twisted story. And, you know, it brought back John Travolta. Because John Travolta was nobody anymore. Because everyone pigeonholed him as the, you know, the dance guy from Saturday Night Fever or the grease guy. Like, no one cared about him anymore. And this brought him back. You also had Samuel Jackson, who is everywhere. You also had 
uh, uh, Bruce Willis, who, yes, Bruce Willis had done stuff before this, but this truly, I think, epitomized him and made him more known to uh, uh, a more niche market that he could be in any style of movie. Not to mention you also had uh, of Christopher Walken, which is one of my favorite actors of all time. That's a fun scene that he's in, isn't it? Uh, yeah, um, I'm not going to describe it, because if anyone has not seen this movie, which if you haven't, kind of shocked, but if you haven't, I recommend seeing it now. I will also mention there is some graphic things and there is some foul language in this movie, so if this is not okay with you, then maybe don't go watch it. Yeah, there's some it's there's awesome. some scenes where you're like, and I think he does this on purpose, he has at least one scene in a movie Quentin Tarantino does, where you're like, wow, okay. Wow. Yes. So that's why I'm going to put Pulp Fiction at number 10. So, number 9. It's actually the first movie I ever saw in theaters. As a kid. And that's The Lion King. Lion King, awesome. I'm glad, you know, I'm, I'm so, so glad you put that on there. Yeah, so it, I had to think about it, but I thought about this. What movie have I played as a kid, as an adult, all the time? Like, I'll just go to this movie and just sing along with the songs, appreciate the story that's there, and think to myself, this was the first movie I ever saw in theaters. So, I'm loving this. Now, how old would that have put you? 93 would have put me at three years old. <laughs> three years old. So, did you cry when the dad died? Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Mufasa dies. I'm so sorry, guys. There's a live-action movie coming out, like, next year, man. Come on. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but, no, I, I couldn't tell you. It was three years old, but it was just one of those things that I knew I was there. Like, I remember the theater and everything, so it kind of just puts me at home when I'm watching the movie again. It's good. I love it. So, so number eight, ranked one lower than yours, or higher, I guess, the way you want to organize it, The Matrix. Yes, we agree on one. So, I'm not sure if so that would be the only one, but it feels like, it feels good. It might be. I mean, I'm not sure, because my top five gets weird. I'll give you that. <laughs> um, the Matrix was awesome to me. It changed the way they did movies. For real. And for better and for worse, because... The amount of times I saw that stupid slow motion bullet thing in other movies afterwards yeah, yeah. just almost destroyed it for me. But there was something about the whole style, like taking your mind and putting you in this computer world where you thought this has been real your whole life and it really makes you rethink everything. Your deja vus, like things like that, just it puts a new perspective on it. Hey man, you're. I. I... I really could probably put this anywhere in my top ten and be fine with it. My only thing is, and we mentioned this on our Facebook group recently because we talked about trilogies with a lot of people, and I'm very happy about the communication going on in the Facebook group. I love the first Matrix movie. That's why it's on my top ten. I despise, despise three. Two, I can live or take it, whatever. Three is so bad in my mind to end the way they did. It pissed me off so much. And I know they made an animated movie afterwards, 
but it it doesn't make up for the crap that they made for three. Okay, so let me, can, I really need to pick your brain on this a little bit, if you don't mind. Um, okay. What? So was it the ending specifically that bothers you? Was it the build up to it? Was it the acting? Like what made you? Because to me, I didn't like two more than I didn't like three, and you're opposite. Yeah, I'm okay with two because I still like the idea of the hacked old forms being in the new Matrix. Like, you know, they've rebooted the Matrix several different times, so they've taken different bots, different computers, different programs, and put them in the new one. And I think that was kind of cool to see them uh, fight amongst each other. The... I hate, I hate it living outside the Matrix. I hate seeing that world. I do not care. And to now see... Everyone struggles, everyone's fight, everyone's... I, I don't care. I love the small story. I love just seeing Neo. And I and I also think they made Neo too Superman. They made him way too much of a Superman. And I think that's the Superman problem, is once he becomes too strong, why should we like him anymore? That's deep, man. I, I have no answer to that. What I do want to remind you is in the second Matrix, they have the stupid highway scene. That that dragged on for like forty five minutes and it was terrible. Good. I'm sorry. These are your top ten. I'll, I digress. No, no, no. You're good. Oh my god. All right. Well, then let me go to number seven. Jurassic Park. All right. Good. Good. I did not realize until a couple of years ago that there is only fifteen minutes of dinosaurs in that entire. Movie. What? You, no. Yeah. Yeah. Go back and rewatch it, and like, take a stopwatch and just click it. I'm gonna have to. It's it's nuts, um, but that movie made me fall in love with dinosaurs. I remember being a kid, being like, I want to be a paleontologist one day because I want to be around and build dinosaur bones and everything like that. I didn't realize that you know I'd have to be out in this awful, sweaty, awful desert and have to you know pee outside all the time, and I just didn't want to deal with that. But as a kid. Dinosaurs were so damn cool, and I think this movie started it all for me. I can't hear paleontologists without thinking of Ross from Friends. Oh, I'm God. sorry. Yep, you're right. You hate me now. That's David fine. Geller. David David Geller ruined paleontology. You're right. Although you said as a kid, you, you're super smart, I guess, because I'm like, I want to be a bone dinosaur guy. You're like, I want to be a paleontologist. Yeah, because I knew the idea. Because when they talked about it in the film. I th- it just, you know, established itself in my brain. Uh, hey, that's a great movie. But I will tell you this. I took Liam to see the Jurassic World sequel in theaters recently. And I've talked about this on a previous episode. In the very first scene is a scene that they took out of the original script. The original script of Jurassic World, or Jurassic Park was to end with the the T-Rex chasing the helicopter and grabbing onto the helicopter and trying to take it down. They used that in the new Jurassic World movie. So, as a two-year-old, seeing dinosaurs on TV and everything like that, he's freaking out. He's having fun. I'm sitting there going like, oh, crap, they took that from the first movie. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, like, that right there just embodies everything why I have to put it in my top ten. Very good. So, my last one of my 10 through 6, Gladiator. 
you know what? You you are like I we danced around a few of the same ones I, for sure. With, with the Gladiator okay. is so good. Yeah, I love the Gladiator so much. It just that whole scene of him just saying I am Maximus Decimus Meridius <laughs> and just that whole scene. I'm like, oh, this is so awesome. Like, you can't tell me you haven't thought that scene before. Oh yeah, what a great movie. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the North, general of the Felix Legions, loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. Like, it's so good. And I know people have their problems with Russell Crowe, him in that movie is just so solid. Yeah, but at that time, like, that's just in my memory. I, I can't remember him being anything before that in my mind. So, like, that was Russell Crowe. Whatever happened since then, eh, who cares? I get that. Yeah, I've seen a couple of his movies before. Young Russell Crowe is weird. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. Do you remember, like, what movie, what movie can, we, can I look up? I, it's, called, it's a Meg Ryan movie. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, Meg Ryan still look good here. That's Listen, good. You can stop it, Meg Ryan. I won't watch it. Ask my wife. <laughs> Ashley, you're listening. I'm not watching a Meg Ryan movie. I don't do it. Can't do it. I lo- I was okay with Meg Ryan back in the early days. And then when I saw her later on, I was like, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> you really let yourself go, Meg Ryan. Dude, let's just say plastic surgery is not for everybody. Yeah. John Travolta. <sighs> Proof of Life 2000. I've heard of that. Yeah, I've never so, seen it. I mean, it's it's pretty good. So I'm not even going to describe it. I recommend people see it because it still was something I enjoyed. Not my top ten. That's Gladiator. Gladiator. Good one. So, all right. Well, I guess right now we will put a little snippet in for you for a commercial break. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. And I would like to say thank you for enjoying that lovely sound I put in there for you. Yeah, that was wonderful. That was, that was my favorite thing you've ever put in between our segments. Oh, well, I'm glad you appreciated that. So, Clark... We've been discussing our top ten films. I feel NPR-ish right now. Um, we've been discussing our top ten favorites. Yeah, talk really quiet. And we, have, and we have got down to our very final five films. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, Clark, bring us home, man. Five through one, what do you got for us? Again, I feel like, I just, I feel like my taste in movies are sometimes are different than other people's, but... I did look this up because I liked it a whole lot, and I wasn't sure if other people did, but it seemed kind of polarizing, hated it or loved it. Uh, but this is my most recent most recent movie. Um, two, so 2010? 2010. And um, 
Let's do a little a quick game. Don't do this to me because I'm not good at this. But I'm gonna name a couple characters real quick or cast members. You tell me the name of the movie. You know it. Okay. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Ellen Page. Inception. Yes, sir. Inception. Um, <laughs> I loved Inception so much, and you can see a similar pattern. Maybe like if it's like a a, a heady movie, like a brainy, like a like we're gonna do things that aren't like normal, like kind of fan- fantastic stuff um i really like it um and this was of course director christopher nolan we know dark knight trilogy guy can i say that is it dark knight it's dark knight trilogy right can i say trilogy yeah yeah okay yeah. When, when i think of christopher nolan i think Wong. <laughs> <laughs> but you'd also think man of no. steel dunkirk interstellar the prestige Right? Yeah. So anyway, I mean, so... The biggest thing with this movie, I gotta, I gotta say it, because do you want me to spoil anything? If, you, if not, I won't say it. You say what you gotta say. I'm not even... I'm not, I'm not scared. I'm not mad at you. Okay, so... Do you think he's awake at the end of the film or not? The... the the top doesn't fall over. You don't know. But it kind of... Almost, almost like it looks like it's about to tilt... But you don't know. Okay, so the real question is, what's his totem? That thing he spins. <laughs> you, you think it's a, you think the top is his totem? You're about to school me. I know in Inception because I I just like the movie and I haven't really studied like I haven't looked up like what the ending was it supposed to mean any of that kind of stuff. But your question to me I was, do you think that's his totem? Yeah. What do what do you think his totem is? The thing he spins. No. That's not it. Rewatch it. Go rewatch it again, man. Yeah, but you're giving away spoilers, so at least give me a hint. Here. It's his wedding ring. Yeah, it's his wedding. You're ring. kidding me. When when he's uh when he is asleep, he is wearing. Or when he's in his dreams, he's wearing a wedding ring. So. Okay, so if you're if you if you have not seen Inception, um, basically he's a he's a thief who has a rare ability to enter people's dreams and steal their secrets from their subconscious um there's a um a a crime that he needs to commit instead of stealing a secret he has to implant something in someone's mind basically um and it gets a it's kind of a redemption a redemption story also but he has like that that's an impossible task almost but um ellen page is like a uh she's she's like a savant at not savant stupid um she is an architect. She's, she's I think an, is her role right, but I was gonna say I was gonna say she's extremely gifted in the art of Inception um, mm. as an architect. So uh, anyway, it's a it's a good it's a it's a real good movie. I really liked it. I didn't know the totem thing. Thanks for schooling me. Um, You're welcome. And and the listeners, I'm sure they didn't know either. They didn't know it. I didn't know. If it. I have to delete it, if I have to delete it for the listeners not to know, I, I'm glad you know because I think it's really kind of a cool thing when you when you rewatch it you're like holy crap i've been watching this wrong my whole life like someone mentioned it to me and i went back and i rewatched everything and sure enough that's it's exactly the case okay but okay but so but did you when you first watched did you have to look did you you didn't know that until you looked it up right um correct. okay it was mentioned to me in the passing and then i, I went re- back and rewatched it i probably have watched that movie like 10 or or 11 times. So the, okay, so you're not supposed to you're, you're supposed to that's one of those things you're supposed to eventually catch. Like it's not 
You're not. You're so. Right. It's supposed to be like like I am right now, naive, or was before you told me. And at the end, you're still supposed to say, "Hmm, I wonder." And then you mm-hmm. okay. I'm telling you, though, dude, that movie can throw you through loops. I think that's what I, I'm so entertained by it. But the problem is, I think he did it too much with Interstellar. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So, that's just my opinion. So, so okay. moving right along, my number four is V for Vendetta. Yes! So, really, a yes from you? Yes, I love that movie. 2005, um, Natalie Portman, Hugo Weaving. I know there's a lot of British actors that are... Super, super famous, um, but um, it was written uh, by the same writers who wrote The Matrix, um, and right now John is literally holding up the movie, so if you guys can't That's see right. it, um, so it's, it's kind of set, set against the backdrop of Britain's dystopian future. Um, it tells the story of Evie Hammond, who gets saved from a life-or-death situation by um, a shadowy figure, right? Um, he's known only as V. And um, basically, she becomes a unlikely ally in a plot to bring freedom and justice back to a society fraught with cruelty and corruption. Um, and I got to admit that I only only even wanted to see the movie because it was it was like, oh, the guys who wrote The Matrix wrote it. Originally, I was like, oh, well, okay, let me check it out. And then I found out, you know, the guy who plays Agent Smith is actually um, V. Yeah. So. Um. It's so good. I love that movie so much, dude. And uh, uh, say what you want, or move on to the next one after this. But I, I, all I have to say is, remember, remember the fifth of November. Well, can I finish that? The gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. That's so good. I love that movie. Man. And so Hugo Weaving plays V, and he is again like. There's a point where you're you're thinking, okay, is he the hero or the villain? Um, then, then as it gets deeper into kind of what happened to him t- for him to get to that, that spot, and then you see how corrupt Britain has gotten. Um, oh, yeah, he's definitely a hero. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's just such a such a good movie. Such a good movie. Go watch it. Uh, who else? Who plays the leader of that? It's uh, John Hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Late John yeah. Hurt. Yeah, it's so good, dude. Great movie. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, so... And, just for time reasons, I will move right along. Um, my number three is Gangs of New York. So that is my second Leo DiCaprio movie. Um, so I may I may like him a lot. I don't know. Um, but it came out the year I graduated high school, 02. And I watched that movie, and I was like, what? This is awesome. It's a long movie. There's slow parts. Um, but the acting is really, really, really good. It probably has my favorite character of all time in any movie and that's um bill the butcher um the butcher is so good man daniel day lewis plays and you know if you know anything about daniel day lewis he gets a little bit over goes a little bit over the top (laughs) getting into his roles he is a, a method actor he becomes the character and he does such a phenomenal job um you like him and you hate him at the same time that movie also includes Cameron Diaz and John C. Riley on their cast list, and uh, if you haven't, I mean, if you, it's it's pretty. A quick synopsis is: it's in 1863. Uh, Leo DiCaprio's character's name is Amsterdam. He returns to the area where uh, 
Bill the Butcher, who killed his father, lives and plans to get revenge. And in the uh, Bill takes him under his wing, and they become he becomes like you know mini him, and he's training him and uh, being his his mentor and that kind of thing. And eventually, he realizes who who he is. But it's what a great movie. Yeah. Um, the only thing I'm going to add to this is um, when I watched this, I watched it for one name. And it's a name you have not mentioned. Because he is on my top list of actors. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Okay. I'm sorry. I was, when I wrote down and I read what I wrote down, I didn't put him on here. I'm sorry. Liam Neeson's only in the movie for like five minutes. But, but, you're, but, I did, but, but it's funny because with Donnie Darko, I said um, Seth Rogen, and he was on there for like five minutes. So. Yeah, sorry. True. Sure. Sure. So no, and, fine. you know, he, uh, literally you named your child after Liam Neeson. So. Yep. That, Liam is named after Liam Neeson. I'm not going to lie. So Okay, so that's, that's, that's it for number three. Gangs of New York. Love, love, love the movie. Um, so now we get down to number two. The Nitty Gritty. I feel like number one, you're going to be like, okay, okay, you know, like it or not, you're going to be like, okay, well, I get it. Number two, you may not. Number two, okay. the second greatest movie of all time in the history of movies is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I have not seen that in years, but I I have seen that. I like that movie. George Clooney, Tim Blake Nelson, John Turturro, who we've talked about before, yep. Holly Hunter, mm-hmm. John Goodman, um, and directed by the Coen brothers. Uh, mm-hmm. Quick synopsis, in the Deep South during the 1930s, three escaped convicts search for hidden treasure while a relentless lawman pursues them. But the story, and it's kind of funny, on my list we have two, basically two stories written because of, of Homer, Greek, Greek poet Homer. Um, mm-hmm. So this is written after uh, it follows the storyline, if you really look into it, of uh, the Odyssey. Uh, Clooney's characters even name... Um, Ulysses, but it's you know he he goes by Everett because of course that's his middle name and it definitely sounds more old timey and southern. Um, but the characters are unforgettable. The comedy is brilliant. It's such subtle comedy. Uh, the soggy bottom boys are more than memorable. Watching Clooney, Nelson, and Taturo like navigate through that through the story and then watching them you know sing one of the coolest songs of all time. Uh, it's pretty cool. And, I, and again, I, I probably. I think this is right. Clooney, they, Clooney doesn't actually sing the song, um, The Man of Constant no, Sorrow, so. but it looks like he does. And i got to be honest with you, man. Clooney, to me, is the same character in everything he does. So, But this one, he was different. He, he, acted, he seemed to be a different guy. Yeah, you know George Clooney's a billionaire, right? Yes, and he's probably not listening he can, to this. So. He can do it without... Oh, I thought you meant he was going to be mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, God! Everybody, everybody I'm talking about can do whatever the hell they want. Uh, but he's what a good movie! I love this movie so much. Um, it's funny. It's like the music in it is, is old timey music, but it's um, it's so good, so good. You said you've never seen it, or you saw it once a long time ago. Seen it once, and it was like I was in junior high when I watched it. Okay, well that brings me to my number one movie. Before I do that, can I read a quick few honorable mentions that could have made this list? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, before you do your drum roll, let me just do some honorable mentions real quick. Um, I really liked these movies, and they could have made the list towards the towards the you know ten or nine or so. Solaris, Kill Bill Volume One, The Shawshank Redemption, The Truman Show, 
Requiem for a Dream, Hero, Lion King, Aladdin, Vanilla Sky, Road to Perdition, The Dark Knight, Fight Club, um, The Time Traveler's Wife, Doctor Strange, and Pulp Fiction. Wow, you have Doctor Strange? I do. No, 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 no. It's his honorable mentions. That sounds like closeness? Yes. I liked it a lot. That's... Okay. A whole lot. So, Again, I'm the only one that I told you. Sometimes, if it's if it's really like metaphysical, messing with the mind type thing, I just love it. Um, yeah, that 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 scene in that movie where they're traveling through all the dimensions and crap. Oh, when that, when it's like showing him what he doesn't hell. know. Yeah. yeah, it's trippy as hell. Okay, here we go. The greatest movie of all time in the history of movies. All right. Tombstone. Yeah, okay. 1993. I told you, you'd be like, you know, maybe you disagree, but you'd be like, I, okay, I do understand what you're saying. No, no, totally get 1993, it. 1993, you have Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton, Powers Booth, Jason Priestley, Charlton Heston makes an appearance. Um, there's a lot I'm missing, but th- those are, you know, those are, I can keep going. Um, so quickly, after the success of cleaning up Dodge City, Wyatt Earp moves to Tombstone, Arizona, and wishes to get rich in obscurity. He meets his brothers there, as well as his old friend, Doc Holliday. A band of outlaws calling themselves the Cowboys are causing problems in the region with random acts of violence, and they inevitably come into a confrontation with Holliday and the Earps, which lead them to the shootout at OK Corral. Yeah, that is... There's... I love a Western. I honestly have... In my opinion, one Western on my list. I'll tell you that now. But there's something about a Western. It's hard to always make a Western on your top list because a lot of them do seem to blend into each right. other. They all seem the same. This movie is so awesome. So it's Westerns aren't done well anymore. Like they put too much money in, too much effort, and then it doesn't pan out and it just flops. Sometimes they even pair up cowboys and aliens. <laughs> I hate I hate slash love that. Movie. I was gonna say, is that on your list? Because uh, you don't tell me yet. Okay. So to yeah. me, this is just a perfect movie. Um, it has the God so close could be first, but definitely second or first greatest character of all time, um, Doc Holliday. So mm-hmm. that's to me that's that's Val Kilmer's greatest role, of course. Besides Batman, I'm just kidding. I know you hated no. Besides the uh, Saint. Is he this? No. Uh, a Ghost in the Darkness. You know what? I've never seen that. that I'll recommend. It's based on a true story. Hold recommend. on. I'm, I'm taking notes. I'm taking that. notes right now. He schools me a lot. Hold on. Ghost in the Darkness? Yes. In... Okay. It's uh, Michael Douglas and Val Kilmer. It's not black and white, is it? No. Okay, thank God. It's not black and white. Um... Okay, so if you don't, if you've if you've never seen this, you've got to see it. Invest in it. I don't care about any of my the rest of my list. You've got to see Tombstone. And when we say Western, you're like, oh, you know, it's gonna be slow and no, it's just so cool. There's the character arcs are so brilliant in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. To me, Doc Holliday makes the movie. He's so cool. He's he's like he does, He's he's kind of you know he's Val Kilmer back in Val Kilmer's really skinny days. Um, he doesn't seem like an opposing character, he's, he's, but he's such su- such a subtle badass. Like the like, um, and I haven't seen it in a few years now, but um, 
there's a part where like one of the cowboys, uh, maybe it's Johnny Ringo, um, he he's supposed to be like one of the quickest draw. You know, he can draw his gun really quickly, um, but he's drunk and he comes in out. And he's ready to like kill the herbs. And um, Val Kilmer's character, Doc Holliday, is just sitting in a chair, like getting maybe like a getting like cleaned up. He's getting like a freshly shaved. Um, getting his he's only got a mustache in the movie, but he's um, just getting like a quick shave. And you know, this this the bad guy comes out and is getting ready to kill, you know, the herbs. And he basically stands up and is like, like, hey, what's going on? It's, it, you know, he's not. It's not like he's like, hey, stop that. Just he just. He's like, hey, we playing for blood. You know, I'm your Huckleberry. You know, it's the the greatest line of all time. Um, he says it again later in the movie during another another line, another scene. But um, dude, he's just the greatest character of all time. He could be a he could be he could have his own standalone movie with that character. Yeah, he the best part about that character is he's literally just the guy with the stick poking people, waiting for somebody to do the one thing so he can kill somebody. He's waiting to like he's amazing. That's so good. He's just like. Uh, how many, How much more do I gotta push you before you pull the trigger, sir? That's so good. That is so good. And just by the way, do you know what? Where the um, I looked this up, so I'm not just a genius, but you know where the "I'm your Huckleberry" came from? No, dude. Or just like what the phrase means, I guess. I know Huckleberry Hound, and I know Huck Finn. So hit me. So, a Huckleberry over my persimmon, which is a fruit. Um, it used to mean a bit beyond my abilities. So I'm your huckleberry is just a way of saying that one is just right for the given job. Okay. Right? So I'm your huckleberry. I am just right for whatever, you know. So this guy's trying to, he's getting ready to kill his friends, and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm just right for that. I'm ready for that. I'm playing for blood. You know, you as someone who has written a book before, you know the guy who wrote that line sitting there grinning right now. He's like, "This sounds so smart." As this is as he's writing the page. I would love to. I would love if something like uh, Val Kilmer just ad libbed that. Wouldn't it be cool if you heard that? <laughs> I, I know. I'm sure it didn't happen. Said, it's just like, what the hell did he just say? Someone's got like a pocket because you know they didn't have the. I guess '93 you weren't googling. They had like a pocket like encyclopedia, and they're like, "What the hell?" Yeah. Okay, so that brings us to your. Six through, or five through one, right? Uh, five through one, yes. So, it, this bottom five may seem like a weird order to you. So, if you have any opinions, please message me on the Facebook page. I'd love to hear. Number five, Jaws. Gotcha. So, I love this movie so much. It has such a slow build-up to what eventually becomes this almost like an action movie in a way yeah Jaws is like Jaws is such a good movie like if there is a perfect writer for this movie it's or for a movie it's this writer like he nailed like every time I needed this movie to crescendo it did every time I needed it to just rise it did it was perfect Donna Donna (laughs) And who can't say that they don't know the damn theme song to this? Like, it's the, one of the most known theme songs of all time. Oh, my gosh. That was 1975? Did I make yeah. that up? No. Yeah. and No, it's 75. And the fact that this movie should not have been as good as it was. Because if you watch a documentary about the behind the scenes and what happened, 
they screwed up so much. Like the amount of times that this shark did not work, the mechanical shark they were using, it just would just break all the time. The fact that this movie is even close to being a top 100 of all time is amazing. I think it just goes to show you how good, how amazing Spielberg was back in the day. I like how you say back in the day. You don't think he is anymore. That's cool. No, because I despise BFG and I hated... Uh, I no, that was James Cameron. No. Um, what was that stupid movie he made recently? Ready Player One. You didn't see that one. It wasn't good. So don't see it. <laughs> don't, don't see it. it. But yeah, so there. there's that. That's my number five. Cool. So, number four. In my opinion, this is a Western. But it's the first superhero movie I have on my list. Logan. I've never seen Logan. Okay. I'm sorry. So, um, that was recent. That was like a couple years ago, wasn't it? Last year. Just last year. Wow. Last year. So this movie, um, it's rated R. It's a Wolverine movie. It's the last one Hugh Jackman has ever made and may ever make. It honestly took the character that everyone has been watching in these all, all these movies, it breaks him down. Makes him a weak man, doesn't have the healing powers that he wants to, it literally just makes him this vulnerable person. But he's still this badass. And if you, they made a black and white version to see this movie, and I recommend people try the black and white version. Now, I understand your problem with black and white, and I totally get it, but it shows the scars more predominantly, shows how much he's bleeding, how hurt he is, really. And if you just watch the movie, especially with the soundtrack that they have, it's it's beautifully done. And that's why I have to say it's one of my top five movies. Okay, I'm writing that one down beside Ghost in the Darkness. Hold on. Okay, got it. So, there you go. Alright, this is the only sequel I have on the list. And I know my mom is going to argue with me. And I understand her reasoning for it, but I'm going to say Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. I know a lot of people who are probably cheering at hearing you say that, actually. Mm -hmm. Now, as you heard me last episode, I said The Lord of the Rings is the better trilogy. The reason why I say Star Wars trilogy is not better is because I love the first one. The second one is one of the greatest movies of all time. And the third one, I despise the Ewoks. I hate the way they took away Lando's cape. I don't like what they did with Darth Vader. I just, I don't enjoy it. I'm sorry. I just, and they kill off Boba Fett like no fucking issue. Don't be sorry. So, that's why I say Lord of the Rings is a better trilogy. But, Empire Strikes Back, man, they truly made Vader a haunting figure. It, it, they showed how powerful he was just by that one scene where he's sitting at the table and Han pulls out his blaster and just fires away at him and he just lifts his hand and blocks the bullets. Oh, it was so awesome. Yeah. Just that scene alone, I was like, oh, it's, this, this is amazing. Not to mention, it's one, it has one of the greatest reveals of a movie of all time. Yes, which if you've never so, even seen the movie, you know, you know the reveal. Yeah, of course. It's the fact that Darth Vader is Luke's father. Wait a minute, he's what? Almost, I'm just kidding. You gotta say spoiler. Uh, uncle. Uncle. Um, 
No, it's it's one of the most known things of all time, but at the same time, it was the biggest twist people had ever seen in a movie. So, God, number three. Gotta Very say good. it. Number two. It is another comic book movie. And the reason why it's on here is because it changed the way comic book movies were done. Hmm. Captain America Winter Soldier. That that changed the way they were done? Yeah, the way I say this is because everything else had, at that time was origin movies or sequels or just build-ups off the same character. Their fight, their villains are always the same person they're fighting. It, it was always like that. This movie, if you literally take the name Captain America out and just call him Steve Rogers... It's a spy espionage movie. It, it gave comic book movies something else to stand on. So do you know, just a quick question, do you know, was there, do you know like the comic book, um, I guess like the origin of this story? Is this a story written for, you know, for the movies or was this a comic book? Now this I can't go into because... Only one person I know, probably two people I know, that can go into this and tell you. Uh, Daniel Ritchie and Tom Norris of When Nerds Collide podcast. They live in Virginia. Daniel Ritchie is the biggest Captain America fan I have ever met in my entire life. He would know this stuff. The one thing I can tell you is the character of Winter Soldier is broken. But at the same time, pretty cool. I, I really do enjoy the fact that he took the character and if you really paid attention to the first movie, you're like, oh, it's Bucky from the first movie. But for people that are walking into this movie, he is obviously someone from his past because he recognizes him. He demonstrates that on his face. He shows that he knows who this character is. But then when you see him in the movie, it... Um, shows, holy crap! I know who this person is, but he not isn't what he once was. It's been like you know a hundred years, whatever it is, forties, eighty, sixty years, seventy years, yeah. whatever it's been. I, I I don't do math right now. It's too late. But it's been all those years later. So he's obviously a different person. It, it just creates a new element. But he's not the real villain of the movie. It's not. You know, someone strong and athletic fighting someone strong, strong and athletic. It's, you know, Hydra. Hydra is the true villain right. of the movie, and it, it's it's an organization, not just an individual. And I think that's what made it different. Whereas every other movie has been like, oh well, here's Superman. His villain is Zod. Um, here is uh, Batman. His villain is Joker. It, it created a huge organization to fight against them. I think it's it, it. I think clearly they knew what they did because, you know, for um, the next one, you know, Civil War, he's back. And then if you've watched, I uh, hope this is this past spoiler time, but it, I think it at the end of Black Panther. At the end of Black Panther, mm -hmm. he has like a little bit of a role. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's so good, and it's it's a character that they can keep using, honestly. So I hope they do. I hope. I hope they do what I want 
them to do with it, but that's just, that's just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, High in the sky? Selfish. Oh. Selfish. Don't be selfish, man. So. Okay, you gotta be. This okay. is your top ten, so, right? That's right. So, honorable mentions. Um, Dark Knight. Yeah. I did not put that on there, but Dark Knight is so amazing. Yeah, Heath Le one of Heath Ledger's last performances. It's so good. And it truly did show that you can make a real-world scenario with a superhero character. Another, another probably top five greatest characters of all time. Yeah. And the best probably. Joker, in my opinion, of all time. Yeah. My opinion. Well, I, I already mentioned it. Army of Darkness. I wanted to put it on my list, but I didn't because it's more of a comedy vibe. I decided not to put a comedy vibe on there. Um, and then... I had one other one, and I'm more interested to see what you say about this, but it's, uh, crap, what is it? Robin Williams, uh... Patch Adams. No. <laughs> Patch Adams. Oh, uh... Dead Poet Society. Good Will Hunting. Good Will Hunting. That's the, uh, absolutely, good one. It's 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 a very good movie. I just um, I didn't like Ben Affleck that much during that time period. Hmm. So it's hard to fall in love with that movie when he's a pretty important role in the movie. You started liking him better during like the your um, the Jay and Silent Bob stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. So we're down to your number one, right? So, yeah, so my number one. Uh, if you want to fight me on this, then fight me on this, but Shawshank Redemption. Son of a... Oh, wait, that's a real good one. <laughs> good. It, the, I'm not even... If you haven't seen this movie, go freaking see it. There's no reason you haven't. It's If you look on AFI's top 100 list, if you look on IMD's top 100 list, it's usually in the top five. Yeah, for sure. This, this is a movie when it was on AMC back in the day, and AMC had play five minutes of a movie and then 12 minutes of commercial. I still would watch this movie on AMC. Yeah, no stag is that good. Yeah, it was so good. So I'm not even going to describe anything other than the fact that it was the very first movie Morgan Freeman ever narrated. Oh, really? Did yes, not know that? and it started the voice of God. Ah. So... There you go. If you wanna, if you have not seen it, please go see it. Uh, the fact that Tim Robbins is the main actor is kind of shocking, but I think Tim Robbins did fantastic in this movie. Oh my gosh! I mean, Tim, the be, be, yeah, his best performance of all time ever. Well, it was it was supposed to be uh, Tom Hanks, but Tom Hanks at the time was doing Green Mile, What's, another wow. movie by Stephen King, ironically. That is ironic. Did you plan yeah, that? So, you there you that? go. I did not plan that. That's a little thing I learned about the other day. Well, awesome. That wraps it up, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, I guess I get to the point of the show where I'm very happy about the collaboration we've been going around with on the Facebook group. There's been a lot of hubbub lately, and I enjoy that a lot. It gives me more reason to keep posting stuff, because if you're going to comment on it, I'm going to keep posting 
So, one of the very first people that commented on our page today told me a couple of their very favorite movies. And I'm going to list them off for you. Titanic. Twister. The Godfather. Goodfellas. And Dirty Dancing. Fair enough. I've never seen Dirty Dancing. So I have, that's one of my secrets that no one knows about me. Um, I guess with The Godfather and Goodfellas on there, I guess I can say that they are an Italian family. <laughs> yeah. And that is Patricia Patavonia. Thank you very much for your contribution. Thank you. <laughs> um, she also said that she's never seen Shawshank, and I'm very depressed with that. Wow. Well, it's time, ma'am. <laughs> um, so, the next one I have Jenny Mulligan, my mother. Uh, she posted that she loved Jurassic Park, and I can tell you right now, it doesn't matter what Jurassic Park, but the first one's her favorite. Okay. Independence Day. Okay. Independence Day. I'll go fine. with that. Beauty and the Beast. Now, she did not tell me if this is the cartoon, but I'm going to go with the cartoon. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Probably. <laughs> uh, Little Mermaid and Caddyshack. Okay, yeah, I know there there are a lot of people who really like Caddyshack. That's a that's fair. Yeah, Caddyshack is. I mentioned this today. It's the one of those movies that I appreciated more, knowing that Chevy Chase and Bill Murray hated each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh Perhaps you'd like to mention what Gary Clark said. Why would you do this to me? <laughs> I can't. I can't do that. You have it up right now? He he mentioned we're talking yes. about trilogies, right? At that time? Well no, actually this is just separate of its own. This is when I asked people for their top ten. Or what their favorite movies were. He's not the one that said the gray movies, right? No, he said Legends of the Fall. Okay. I, th I thought I was talking about a different comment, because he said, we were talking about trilogies at one point, and he said that, <laughs> oh my gosh, whatever. Yes, he the did shades say, of, uh, uh, whatever. Sh the Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Dad. Uh, but he said Legends of the Fall, which I've never seen. I know it's a Brad Pitt yeah. movie. No, I know he liked that one a lot. I, I barely remember seeing it, but I do remember that. It was probably one of the first DVDs I've seen him own when I was younger. But okay. yeah, yeah, I know he liked that. It's... I can't remember a lot about it, but yeah, pretty good. Well, Clark's dad, thank you for your contribution, sir. So I had a couple people on um, Anarchy Squids, which is the clan I'm in for, you know, for Splatoon. Um, mm -hmm. So T-M-B-M-T-H, her real name is Ashley. Um, she said, she had two answers. Um, the Lion King was one, and Seven Pounds was the other. Seven Pounds is the most depressing movie I've seen. You know what? I watched that movie and I, it almost made me tear up, though. So I, it did move me a little bit. So. No, but Ashley, awesome pick on Lion King. I absolutely agree. Um, um, one FM says true romance. I've seen that. I just it's not popping in my head right now. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'll it is. To, I have to pull it up. I have to pull it up. But I, I've seen it. I know I have. Um, your foe says, um, I don't know if this is one of my favorite movies, but I imagine many people would agree. And he says Titanic. Okay. So I think he yeah, was going more on like, not his, but like what would a lot of people say? 
Um, yeah, it's definitely in the top, AFI's top 100, I can tell you and that. And then we had uh, Chili Chinchilla said, uh, <laughs> Incredibles. Yeah, the best Fantastic Four movie ever made so far. I'll go with that. I think that may be it. They, they were talking back and forth when I asked, and they were like, the Lord of the Rings came up. There wasn't like a, like, like a movie wasn't decided out of the trilogy, but um, yeah, that's pretty much it from them. Well, I got three more people. Um, let me say four, because Sam will always say Nightmare Before Christmas. It's one of her favorite movies of all time, and I get that. She'll watch it any time. It would have been really cool, Sam, is if you would have been on an episode that we maybe could have talked about that movie with you or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably our most listened to episode, i got to say that. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um. Uh, let's see here. So I have three more contri- uh, contributors. Contributors? Contributors. Contributors. Yeah. So Will Foxdie, I can't pronounce your last name. Hope you're okay with that. Uh, he gave me a couple. He put The Lord of the Rings, Shaun of the Dead, which that is <laughs> one of my favorite Nick Frost movies. That would be, you know, that's perfect for him to say. That sounds just like something he'd say. <laughs> um. He also said the first Guardians of the Galaxy, which I agree with you. The first one is really good. I'm not the biggest fan of the second one. Uh, I think it's just because it kind of rehashed what they already had done comedy-wise. They they didn't branch out as much as I wanted them to. Uh, Let's see here. It didn't clip everything, so I'm trying to scroll. And a lot of people seem to have talked in Sam's group page today. Oh, my lord. Uh, no, I guess no, I guess that's all he said. Little butthead. Only put three. But thank you. <laughs> I'll clip that part <laughs> All right, so I have two more. I have Patrick Mulligan, who I, I'm going to tell you right now, he could not make up his mind. The first ten that popped into his head initially was Rocky Three, Field of Dreams, hmm. Ferris Bueller, Caddyshack, Blues Brothers, The Natural. I should also bear and mention this. He's a big baseball fan, yeah, yeah. so the fact that Field of Dreams and The Natural and one other baseball movie is on this list. Uh, Terminator, the first one. Breakfast Club, Dirty Dozen, and A League of Their okay. Own. Was that in any order? It was okay. not in okay. any order. And I also should mention that afterwards, he then <laughs> commented and said, Blazing Saddles and History of the World Part 1. <laughs> and then after that, he also mentioned to me some other movies that I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but... He just he he said it's too hard, and I totally get that. That's too hard. T- narrowing your top ten is one of the hardest things. See, I know for a lot of people it is, but I've thought about it a lot. I really have thought about my top ten a whole lot, and I even had like when we kind of said we may be doing this. I already had like on my notes on my iPhone. I already had my my mm-hmm. top ten list was already listed because I just have done. I've, I don't know. I'm stupid. I just I've done that before just for me. So I have one final one. My brother commented, Tyler Mulligan. 
This is more joking, but at the same time, he's very earnest when he says this. I'm sure you've seen this post. So he put World War Z, Megalodon, Mega Piranhas, which is an awful sci-fi movie that he and I watched back in the day. Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. A Walk to Remember, which he and I used to watch all the time. And I already mentioned how much I like Walk to Remember to you before. Uh, Blazing Saddles is a top-notch movie. Moana and Coco. It's, something, like, it's funny because like, some of that I'm thinking, okay, he's joking with some, but he's super serious with a lot of that. <laughs> the thing is, he and I used to watch old bad sci-fi movies back in the yeah. day with each other, so for monster movies like that, it totally makes sense. Gotcha. Um, he also put American Sniper, and he would have Frozen on there, but our niece watched it so much back in the day, it's pretty much ruined it gotcha. for him. Yeah. That was one of Amelia's first like Disney movies when she was first born. Yeah, so everybody, thank you so much for your contribution. Thank you. I appreciate everything. So, before we jump into this, should we go into Grinds Our Gears? Because it has been a long episode, I'm not going to lie. Well, I did want to say, kind of from, from last episode, that we did not mention, do you know what the original title for Halloween was? Oh, I read it once, but I don't remember off the top of my it's, head. And I don't remember either, but I, I was listening to their. Someone said it on like sports talk radio the other day, and it was a. Uh, it's like the cheerleader deaths or the cheerleader slaughters or something weird like that. Or no, the babysitter. The I'm sorry, the babysitter. Yes. Okay, okay, yeah, the babysitter killings or something. Yeah, I do remember so, something like that. Yeah, I remember and reading that. That would have been terrible. They, I'm glad they changed. It, so. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, no, we're this is a long episode. That's, I mean, it's it's good. That's good. It's not a, not bad. No. Um, hope you guys are still listening at this point. So I guess we'll shake off the grinder gears just for this week because we got two more recordings tomorrow. I'm hoping we can find some problems that we have that we can talk about. No, no, everything's peachy. There's no problems in the world. Amen to that. Except for hand, foot, and mouth. And we'll, I'll fill you in on that next episode. Oh. uh just a comment, and I'm already going to delete this off. But when you initially told me that she had spots all over her, I almost responded, "Does she bark like a Dalmatian, or is it just the spots?" And I, I, I'm, you, like, you, I'm like, "Am I you, saying?" Like you, yeah, you said your comment was just like, "I'm not going to say what I was what I was thinking," or something like that. <laughs> I, so I wasn't sure where you're going with it. But I knew it was going to be something dumb like that. Yeah, that's usually how I am. So yeah. makes sense. So I would very much like to say. Thank you for everybody for listening. If this is your first episode, oh my gosh, this is a long one. But I, I hope you got with us. You know, I hope you got through it with us. And where you been? And go back and listen to some good old stuff. You know, we got some. We had some mentions. We talked about the Terminator episode. Talked about the Nicolas Cage episode. Talked about Nightmare for Christmas episode. So a little bit of throwbacks. Yeah, hit all the Halloween episodes, which are on the homepage of the website. And what is the website? The website is gettingoldpod.com. That's right. If you go to that website, gettingoldpod.com, you can scroll down to the bottom of the page and click subscribe, put your email on there, and verify your email. That way, we get the subscription and we can show ads that, hey, we get traffic to our site. You know, Maybe you can help us out. With those ads, we can help 
you know, get us some better equipment, get maybe a better computer, recording device, maybe go live. Maybe you'd like to see us talk for an hour and a half, who knows. But the biggest thing is we have every episode on that website. So all you have to do is go to that website, gettingoldpod.com, and click the podcast selection, and there's our entire back catalog. Yeah, and if you subscribe, you get a notification as soon as we post something, which mainly is, is just our, our each episode. But we hopefully, again, if we get more subscribers, we can do giveaways, contests, all kinds of stuff. Yep. And I'm going to be posting this more in the Twitter page, pod underscore old. But I'm going to try and promote the Facebook page as well. This is getting old on Facebook. We've had a lot of traffic on there recently. And like I said, if people keep commenting, I'm going to keep posting. I really like the feedback we've been getting, and I really appreciate everyone that's been listening lately. What a great episode. This is my favorite one so far. This has been a lot of uh, back and forth. I really enjoy that. Good. All right. So, so you I, do, do, should, I, should I sing him out? <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at that. Like It's the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard. This is getting old. Or, hold on, I edited this last time and I didn't... I don't know if you've listened to the newest episode. This has been getting old. <laughs>